What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey, behave! Yeah, man, you, you sound good for, uh, for getting called out of the bullpen, uh, you know, in like the fourth inning. You thought you didn't have to pitch till the eighth. Yeah, you know, Haberman listen, forgets I, the time I, zone difference. I, you know, Guy Haberman, he's just, he's, uh, he's swinging his pick. In Boulder, Colorado, just coming off a big win, calling Colorado Air Force. I'm like, what time do you want to do the game? Or, I mean, the podcast. You're like, let's do it at 8. I'm like, okay. So, you know, I, I set my alarm for 6.30. Because I was like, I'll get some coffee, get, get the brain, you know, up yeah. and up and flowing. Read right. a couple of articles. Do a little hashtag prep. Yeah. And then I, I hit snooze a couple of times. And then I look over. I say, I'm ready. And I look at 7. And then it hits me. I'm like, bro, you're on Mountain West time. <laughs> did you not even notice that you had a time change when you got there? Did not First thing I did when I got in the plane was change my watch. So, so you, knew, I, you knew a time knew, change happened. I knew a time change happens. Just completely forgot. Gotcha. It's all right. I got other stuff done. So Middlecoff didn't get his hot coffee. Didn't get out of the house this morning. Didn't get the walk and the fresh air. I don't. I don't make hot coffee anymore. I go with the little Starbucks double shooters, the light ones that are actually you like have the, no sugar. Start the day with the cold. Yeah, those are good. Light cream. Well, and, and it's just I don't have time. Like coffee, sometimes if I need to wake up right away, that the coffee, it's so scolding hot. You know, it can take what a minute. It? Yeah, it were. I mean, look at you. You're yeah. I had ready to, to roll. roll. Yeah, so you got it. You always want to hydrate the, the brain, too, so I'm slamming some water and slamming some Gatorade. There you go. But I'm Hell ready to teammate. go, guy. I, Hell of you know, a teammate. I know you are. I don't need a... Uh, I never doubt what, it. What, what do they call it? A dry hump? <laughs> the dry hump is when you warm up in the bullpen and then don't come into the game. Yeah, I uh, dry hump at them. How locked in are you on Major League Baseball season? Uh, I was locked in for like a day and a half. Yeah. It, it, well, it's just well the game you did. I was watching some of the A's game last night. I mean, there are like three they teams won. right now that matter. The entire baseball set. Yeah, there, there are no. Right. It's it's one of the as I heard. Listen to a little Mad Dog Russo. It's one of the worst seasons ever, just in terms of drama. It sucks. Right, right, right. Like, not ideal for the sport. Antonio uh, Brown not placed on commissioner's exempt. Okay. 
He's got a little update. Looks like he's going to play. Get put, get him. I mean, do you know? Hey, who am I to tell you what to do? But the DraftKings game, go get in it. DraftKings. We each tweeted out the link. Go get in the DraftKings game. It's uh, promo code Ham Sunday and Monday's games. I've done this three different times. I've X'd out my entire team and started over. And I saw someone, you know Evan Silva, the dude that used to run Roto World? You follow him, fantasy guy? Yeah. I saw he retweeted a guy that's like, thanks for your advice. And it was a screenshot of his DraftKings. I think he just played in like a game last night. And he had made $3,000. I'm like, God, what kind of information is this motherfucker giving out? So I clicked on his thing. It's like, you got to pay to subscribe. Yeah. It's like, I, you know, this guy's winning people money. I don't think about it. Right. I'm sure he's on some guys that I just don't even think about, right? Like, I'm telling you, play John Brown this week. And then all of a sudden you look, you're like, God, John Brown's got two touchdowns. You know? I had a I had an Uber driver the other day who told me, we started talking, he's like, yeah, my brother-in-law, he goes air quotes, claims he won $3,000 in DraftKings, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, that's what he says. I don't really trust him. And I was like, oh, I bet he did. Well, to me, it's in 2019, it's pretty simple. Like, show me a screenshot, right? If you did it, you did it. Mm-hmm. My, my issue with DraftKings, with the lineup, my f- philosophical beliefs on building a team. So if we're playing in this game, 150 people, let's say, because let's just, I mean, we don't need to hide anything. Lamar Jackson is playing the Arizona Cardinals this week. You go, well, Lamar Jackson just had a hell of a fantasy day. He is playing maybe not as shitty of a team, but a pretty shitty team. So you go, I'd imagine Lamar Jackson would be pretty good. So of the 150 people that will be in our game, I would think there'd be a decent percentage of people playing Lamar Jackson. So to me, is is your philosophy to go with everybody and pick the guy that might get the highest amount of points, but you're just going to you know, cancel out the other people? Or do you go against the grain and go, what well, is the week Josh Allen throws four touchdowns? You know, And then I kind of separate myself, even if Lamar has a good game, but let's yeah, say he only but throws you three. only separate yourself if he gets more points than Lamar. Exactly. So it's a, it's a tough. I, I don't. So to me, yeah. I don't, I don't know what to do because I, I I, I'm gonna go against has, the grain guy. I guess half the game has him and half the game has Brady against the Dolphins. Well, exactly. So you got those two guys. What if this is the game that they just like run five touchdowns, right? Uh, yeah. Because he does have Antonio Brown, who's also kind of a sleeper. Like, is Antonio Brown gonna come in right away and have 15 catches? I'm like, ah. I'm gonna say no. I'm going no on that, just as a general discussion. What do you think he's a lock to play? No. Like the, uh, he wasn't a lock to play. It turned out on Monday night when we thought he was playing on Saturday morning. <laughs> no, I know, but do you think if let's just say he, he I guess does, it was Friday. He night doesn't get he cut. He, he doesn't quit. Is he a lock to be active for the game? No. Would you say 50-50? Cuz Belichick's weird with that shit. Yeah, 55-45 he I, will play. I'd say above slightly above. The one positive uh, I'd say is he was wearing 17 yesterday. Like, so they've, like, well, he's not going to be able to wear one if he actually plays. We need to give him a legitimate number. Does that mean Ben Watson won't sell him the number? Like, that's actually, I'll, I'll give Antonio some credit, a little growth. Let's just, see, w- let's just see it play out here. <laughs> let's not jump to any conclusions. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by Ease and EaseWellness.com. The promo code, as always, is HAM. That's E-A-Z-E and E-A-Z-E Wellness.com. Go get it, baby. Ease.com, pre-rolls, vapes, uh, uppers, downers, sleep aids, you name it. They got it. California, tell your friends, grassroots, literally, figuratively, 
Ease.com, promo code HAM, delivered to your house. And then our friends at EaseWellness.com drop shipments to your house in three to five business days. They have the best CBD on the market, guy. You just go to EaseWellness.com. You check out their inventory. They have mind-opening CBD. They have body-relaxing CBD. They have lotion for your aches and pains CBD. They even have doggy treats for CBD. Again, EaseWellness.com, promo code HAM, also Ease.com. Promo code ham. Get it. Uh, podcast also brought to you by mybookie.ag. Mybookie.ag. Promo code there is ham and the numeral one. Ham and the number one at mybookie.ag. I gave away a winner last night on Instagram, guy. I, all yeah. I did is I, I did a little research and I said, always go against the grain. Almost 80% of the bets guy were on Carolina. I said, I'm hanging a left. And I don't even like Tampa. And what happened? Tampa not only covered, they fucking won the game outright and the under hit. Same deal. A lot of people pounding the uh, the over. MyBookie.ag, promo code HAM1. Go get your gamble on. We got a full, we got college football starting tonight. We got a ton of college football games starting tomorrow. I mean, the game that I like the most, my, my lock of the weekend. And mainly because I think it's, one of the biggest OCDC mismatches in football history, guy. Lincoln Riley against Jerry Azanero, who borderline looks like a homeless man for Chip Kelly. I'm expecting 75 to 20. I'm dead serious. I mean, I think UCLA has no shot on God's green earth. I don't know if you read this. UCLA is giving their season tickets holders an extra four free tickets. Shows you they are terrified that it's going to be empty because it was last last week less than thirty five thousand people at the game against San Diego State. I don't know if it'll be that empty with Oklahoma, but still, it's not going to be pretty. And uh, go get your gamble on promo code Ham One. Then we got a ton of NFL games on on Sunday. Let's get it, baby. Let's get right. it. Yeah, uh, Washington State Houston. I'm actually fired up to watch that Friday night. You like with Washington your boy State? Riddick. Covered nine points. Uh, it's how many? Nine and a half. Nah, yeah, I saw it at eight and a half earlier. Your uh, Thursday, I like Washington State, but I just I don't know. I have not seen Houston. Houston put up thirty one against uh, Oklahoma, I think, to start the season. I mean, Oklahoma beat them by like twenty, but or I think it was like forty seven to thirty one or fifty two to thirty one, something like that. Oh, good point. I was I was wondering. I'm like, I swear to God, I've seen Houston play. Who? Oh, you're right. It was Oklahoma. People like that quarterback, Derek King, but I haven't really seen him this year. I do like Washington State, but that seems. I mean, Holgerson, they kind of know what each other's doing. So what happened? What happened to Major Applewhite? Was he fired? Must uh, have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Remember, because Holgerson left West Virginia, and West Virginia was like, "Yeah, that's fine with us." And Holgerson's like, yeah, it's fine with me, too. They're giving me, like, $30 million. Yeah, See ya. they paid him. What, what do you think if I went with Holgerson's hairdo? Just grew it out super, super long and just let it flow. But, like, it's thin on top. I mean... But you still wear a visor. Not thin on top, guy. Very, very thin on top. But you have long, long strands. Did know? he come on the Terrestrial Radio Show? Yeah, because he was when talking Carl about Joseph Carl Joseph. Yeah. yeah. He, was, yeah. He, was, he was cool. I mean, he's cool yeah. as shit. Everyone loves him. Uh, all right, John, let's start with Nick Bosa because uh, he looked really good, and and uh, now he hasn't practiced as of uh, Friday morning. He's uh, questionable for the game, has not practiced, ankle injury. Two days into camp, got hurt, came back. after some. Pr- he did practice last week leading up to week one's game, so yeah. that's the difference. Um, that's why but, it's kind uh, of a big issue, right? It's not yeah. just like he's on the no-practice plan to play. The vet, the vet, vet day. Yeah, like Joe Staley. Joe Staley got a vet day. 
It's just an ankle day for Nick Bosa. So, I mean, like, I, honestly, I'd be madder about it if I hadn't just seen him play and thought, oh, you know what? I think he's pretty good. Not mad, but you know what I'm saying. Um, but they, like, I don't, do they, do they win the game without him last week? I, I don't think we can say for sure they would have. I mean, he, he made, just a, he made a difference for sure. He did. So it is a big deal now that we've seen him play. We know it's a big deal to not have him if they don't have him. Well, let's start with this. Do you think they could rush him back a little bit? I mean, clearly, unless somebody fell on him or something, clearly they rushed. I mean, yeah. clearly he came back before he was fully healthy. Yeah, I, I think they 100% rushed him back. I think we know two things. They, one, they rushed him back, and two, he's a really good player. I think right away we go, if he's 100% healthy, top five player on the team? I mean, he's, well, yeah, I mean, he's I would, good. Don't, don't you assume now, looking back, that he wasn't 100% healthy playing in that game? Uh, against Tampa Bay, yeah, he didn't start. Yeah. He didn't start. So he so even not a hundred percent, he's one of the better players. On well, that. here's the one thing I will say. Beside Chip Kelly, Donovan Smith might be the next guy of committing legal robbery. The, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers left tackle. I mean, last night, I, I tweeted you should have to count several Mississippi's. Now, Bosa was beating him like a drum. I, I I think this though, guy, you can't this early in the season when you have an ankle injury, especially a a level where he had a bad high ankle sprain, right? So he's not – no one's calling him a puss or anything. Like, he had a really bad high ankle sprain. And even John Lynch said at first, like, yeah, we hope he's ready for week one. And then they clearly rushed him back. To me, I'm not a doctor, obviously, but if you're playing in these games at 75 to 80%, so you're clearly not close to 100% and the ankle's really sore, and now he's really sore during the week, let's say he can play a little bit uh, this game. Wouldn't he be more inclined if he got rolled up on again and it wasn't necessarily a high ankle sprain, but it would have that type impact and then you could lose him for another month? When the way the schedule's set up, I don't think you can just – you'd be no lock to win this game. If he was fully healthy, I'd feel pretty good about it. If he doesn't play, I would say it's probably a coin flip game. But you have the Steelers next week and then you have a bye. So maybe you could give him a week off. Like, obviously, he doesn't play against Cincinnati. Then he's had all this week, and then kind of next week, and then you try to get him for the Steeler game, and then he has a bye. I I think that would be the prudent, just kind of smart, big-picture thought. But I I think one thing, when you take a step back, you go, why'd they rush him back? Well, Kyle's feeling some heat. He's trying to win some games. Like, you, you can feel the pressure when he talks, when you watch him coach on the sideline. This is a big year for him. And they need this guy. But I, I think, can you risk, what if he gets a bad ankle sprain and he misses a month and a half? That, that would be devastating for them, right? Yeah. I also think they probably, you, why do you rush him back? Well, I'm guessing he's going through practice, and as he's going through practices, they're going, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. And then you get into the real action, and now your ankle reacts much differently than it did when you were doing, you know, Tuesday practice. Now all of a sudden what you think was fine is not fine. So, um I'm with you. I, if if you think like there's the potential that you play him right now, and even he's even worse against the Steelers, and then I probably wouldn't play him this week. But I'm gonna tell you right now, for Friday, September 13th, um, I don't think he's gonna be 100% now the rest of the year. I just because if he couldn't get healthy through all of camp, he missed a if, month. He couldn't get healthy with a month. A week off is not gonna get him healthy by the Steelers game. Do some so, stem cells, dude. <laughs> Get some stem. So I, you know, 
now it's just about how do we make sure he's productive? Is that less snaps? I don't know. But I right now my prediction is he's never going to be fully healthy. doesn't mean he can't be effective, but you are going to have to manage it. And you're right, a week four bye, like are you willing to sit him down for the Bengals and the Steelers and give him three weeks right now? You don't want to do that. So I don't know, man. Well, I, I do think you would think about doing it. If he doesn't play this week, I saw Mayoko tweeting, his status is unknown. So, like, they're, I think, inside, internally, and around the team, he is probably a 50-50 chance to play in this game, right? And not because they're they're not trying to rush him back, just because he's not even close to being good right now. I would imagine his ankle hurt so fucking much after that game, because like you said, the practices are nowhere near game speed. He goes full go. You know, you, you can't shoot an ankle, so you just tape it heavily. But just the movement and the way, like, uh, you know the one play where he had Jameis dead to rights? And Jameis yeah. is like a sneaky bad athlete, but a good athlete, right? He can kind of make subtle moves for a guy that doesn't move that fast. And Bosa was just caught in his tracks. Why well, bet he tried to plant? Like, oh, my God, that hurt. Yeah, <laughs> you know? right. Looking back, if you go back and I went back and watched that play because I heard Tim Ryan talking about it. Did he thought the uh, ankle affected that? No, no. This was dur- in the moment during the game. Tim Ryan's like, you know, I told him before the game, like, we talked about it. You know, we're going to get there, but you got to finish it. Like, the challenge is finishing the sack. He's like, we talked about it. I knew that was going to – he knew – we knew – I knew that was a possibility that he would just not finish the sack, his first opportunity. You're saying that Tim Ryan was giving him motivational talks? I think more advice than motivation. Uh-oh. Just like, hey, when you get there, you got to make sure you – like, getting there is part of it, but you still have to be prepared to make the tackle. And uh, maybe part of that was about just Jameis's size. But then I went and watched it, and I thought watching it, I didn't think – it looked like he just kind of – It was, just, it, like it was just, to me, it was a better play from Jameis than it was a bad play from him. Right? But I'm just saying, like, looking back now, based on what you just said, if you go back and watch it again, I think you'll look at it and go, yeah, maybe the ankle was a factor there. Because he made – it just – yeah, it was kind of a weird break. That, it was weird. I wouldn't play him this week, guy. I, I just would not. I I don't. I'm good with that. Yeah, I just I don't think that. you can, like you said, you you almost have to acknowledge. How is he going to be 100 percent healthy this year? Now, isn't wouldn't all the guys say? Well, there's no one in this league's 100 percent healthy. Everyone's got their nicks and bruises. Everyone's right. a little banged up. What's what's 100 percent healthy? Yeah, I get that, but this is not by week two. Yeah, this guy. This guy. Yeah, he was 70 percent going into week one. <laughs> This is kind of the Nick Bose experience. I'll be the first to acknowledge I questioned a little bit of his talent. Maybe he's just a really good player. I mean, that's what it's starting to look like. He kicked ass in training camp. He played a fucking game, and I get it was against kind of an overpaid scrub, but he kicked ass on a bad ankle. Like, he's a really good player. But the injuries, it can't really be – he hasn't done much to kind of dispel the, the elephant in the room, right? Right. Now this is freak deal, and the Lynch would be like, "Well, they fell him in practice." Well, why does no one ever the same? And he'd say it's the same injury. It's not like he had a new injury. It's the same thing that just continues to not be fully healed. Well, I'd go here. Here's my counter, John. Like no one ever falls on DeForest Buckner in practice. Like the part of just avoiding injuries. Like that to me is part of it. I'm not saying that he wanted to get hurt or this. He tried. To, he just something happens to him a lot. You know, it just does. It, it can't really be argued at this point. He just gets injured a lot, and that that clearly is going to be the issue with him because play is not. Like Ruben, it was multiple things. It was play and just living in society once he left the facility. At least with this guy, it's just play. 
so I know the the media elites around here were very angry at his tweets a long time ago, but I, I, that didn't bother me. But I, well, that's I think long ago. I mean, that's, that, yeah, it's long. No one gives a shit about that. But can he just stay on the field? And I mean, we. I think there's potential. If I had to guess right now, I'd say he doesn't play. So we're one for two, right? Yeah. If what was did, the over? Didn't we talk? Didn't we have an over under? Like I thought it was like twelve and a half. Yeah. I mean, but if someone tweeted at me yesterday, like, doesn't it feel like Bosa is just going to be one of those eight to eleven game guys? I'm like, well, there is a big difference to me, like twelve, thirteen games and eight, right? There is. Yeah, like, there is. <laughs> eight's uh. To me, like, if you play thirteen games, you bay, you played the season. Well, if you Less have thir- than thirteen, but, is where but I if you, I- especially if you have thirteen games and you have eleven and a half sacks, you're like, well, it's a pretty fucking good season. But if you play eight games, even if you have ten sacks, it'd be like, God damn! I mean, think of what we missed. Well, and you know what that is too is like the way it's going to be now is no matter what the number of games is, how many weeks are we going to be doing this? Where it's Thursday, going, is he playing this week? Because you're going to have some weeks where he plays, but you spent the whole week talking about whether or not he plays, and that's going to wear you out. Well, think about this. I saw a headline today, and it was from PFT. Not commenter, but uh, talk. <laughs> and it uh, said that Christian enough. McCaffrey has played every offensive snap so far this year for the Carolina Panthers. And is this Christian McCaffrey's third or second year? I think it's third year. Third year. And like a question for Christian McCaffrey coming out. He did have some injuries that his last year in college, right? He had had a bad he, ankle. Yeah, uh, he had the injuries. His, the he was, I think it was his uh, like beginning, but he was healthy by the end of the year. But it was a down year relative to his enormous sophomore year. Re- correct. But wouldn't you say that the red flag on him would be like, could he be like an every down, every play you play player in the league? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Even though I think David Shaw was always offended by that. Like, do you guys watch his play? We fucking run power and he runs right up the middle. Right? Yeah. Well, one thing's pretty clear with Christian McCaffrey. He's a fucking boss man. Like, you just leave him on the field and you ride him like secretariat. And some guys, like, they get to the league and they just shake whatever the knock on them is. Like, can they handle the pounding? And then you're, like, seven games in, you're like, yeah, he can handle the pounding, right? It's like, oh, Alvin Kamara. Well, I just don't know if he can take the touches and you're watching him get helicoptered in Monday Night Football games and, like, hand the football back and smile. You're like, yeah, I think Alvin Kamara just belongs. You know, like, he can do it. Like, Nick Bosa, he belongs as a player, but does he belong as a healthy guy? And I that, that to me, is just... Certain guys, for whatever reason, and that's, I think, probably the great equalizer in sports a little bit because in most other businesses, when you get like an incredible asset, whether it's a human or whether it's just like a business, there's there's no like, you don't have to worry about them showing up really, especially like an employee. Like, there's no injuries in real life, beside like if you get sick or something. But like in pro sports, part of your job might just lead to an injury, and we see all the time like. In the history of sports, beside people that have ruined their careers off the field, a lot of what could have been have been players on the field, right? Just like, ah, oh God, if he just – he could have said – if Derrick Rose's knee or – Yeah, you know, Brandon some, Roy. Yeah, I mean, there's been a ton of NFL players too. That's what we thought it was going to be with Steph, remember. Yeah, so – and sometimes guys shake it after their early in the career, early career question marks. You know, like, I oh, just – could he get over the ankle? Could he get over the ankle? And then once – you know, five years in, yeah, he gets yeah. he gets over it. Because wouldn't you say that J- Nick Bosa's brother 
feels like he shook it a little bit. Just like, yeah, Joey's an ass kicker. He's around a lot now. He's not as, like, you don't worry about him getting injured as much. Even though it's kind of there still. But not as much. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I still kind of think about it with him. I, I do too, but he plays a lot. Yeah. Well, I mean, I remember the good old days, John, when that's all we worried about with Jimmy Garoppolo was, can Jimmy can Jimmy hold up? Those were the old days, John. These are the new days where uh, Jimmy's just trying to stay out of Kyle Shanahan's doghouse week to week. And I saw Steve Young was on KNBR and said that he thinks just the coming back from the ACL injury is part of why Jimmy is not as just not as good right now. Um, and the way he kind of put it, was uh, it's not that he's taking it easy on his knee knowingly, but I think he'll look back in a year when you're two years removed from the injury. I think he'll look back and realize that he was taking it easy on his knee, just kind of being not as confident in it. As the quarterback it, of the Chicago Bears? As the quarterback of, uh, yeah, the the Bears, the Bucks, The, the Bengals. The Vikings. The, yeah, the Giants. Kirk Cousins' backup. Uh, fucking the Jets. Um, so... And then I saw Greg Cosell was on Ross Tucker's pod. One of our somebody, one of our listeners tweeted at us and make sure we saw it. And he was saying the biggest difference in Jimmy now is that he's not as accurate. And I just like my thing is we've talked about it for anyone that missed the podcast after the first game. We didn't think it was good. No way to argue that. Uh, but how do you just lose accuracy? And so I, I do wonder if the, what Greg Cosell's talking about and what Steve Young's talking about actually are, are related to each other. Um, I don't know. I hope they are. I hope it's that fixable. But like you told me before the podcast, this guy, I don't think Kyle Shanahan cares. He just needs his quarterback to complete the passes he wants him to complete. Well, don't you agree with that? Like, I think Kyle knows. I do agree with you. But yeah. we've seen him with an ACL quarterback. Now, granted, the Shanahan family never wanted Robert Griffin III. But, like, is Kyle thinking in the back of his head, well, he just... His weight transfer is hurting his accuracy on my favorite play. Like, I don't know. I, I no, would tell no. no. So, that's I'm kidding about the Chicago Bears, but I'm kind of not. Like, if Jimmy has a terrible year, are they just chalking it up? Well, just first year back from the ACL. Guy Kyle looks tight as ever right now. I mean, I I think it's... Someone else did tweet at us his night out with E40, that photo. G- Jimmy and Kyle's? Or Jimmy's? Or Kyle's? Kyle's. Yeah, I just, I don't know, man. It was an inaccurate experience. It wasn't Cam Newton inaccurate, but it wasn't pretty on, on just basic throws. Now, like you said, he you got to give him credit for the touchdown throw that he did make. Just when you go back and watch clips of Derek Carr and then you watch clips of Jimmy, there's just a level of of confidence that's not there with Jimmy. Yeah, I, I, I'd say I'd, confidence. It's just it. What it looks like is just like this forcefulness with every decision and every throw with Derek. With Derek, yeah, yeah, yeah I loved, you, I, I fucking loved it. No, I know. I hope he keeps fucking bringing it. Uh, when I, with Jimmy, it kind of feels like a guy lost a little bit, right? A guy that's just kind of searching. I'm telling you, it feels like when you've heard all the baseball players over the countless years talk about being in a slump, and I guess you don't hear them as much anymore because they're known to be found. But back in the day, when baseball players were on terrestrial radio in like the late '90s, they were like football players, and you just they talked a lot. And they'd go on slumps, and Mark Grace would get slump busters. It feels like Jimmy right now is in a slump in his head. Because where I would disagree with Steve a little bit, and I mean, he just happens to be a Hall of Fame quarterback and the most accurate quarterback until Drew Brees came into the league, in the history of the league. That I'd say, well, sometimes like with Brady when he came back or 
when they've when we've talked about players coming off their ACL, even Carson, they look a little less mobile, right? They look a little kind of stiffer, and you're like, well, he's just not as loose. And even Carson last year definitely just didn't look like himself. I think Jimmy moving around looks normal, like just his physical mm-hmm. movements, his and just his release and his arm and everything in his mechanics. Just the Jimmy Garoppolo I'm watching when he throws the ball looks eerily similar to the Jimmy Garoppolo we've seen pre-injury and then when he first got here. It's just the ball is fucking flying at places that he clearly does not want it to go. Now, maybe is that like the ACL leading into his head? Because I, I don't see like a stiff player. I, I, I just don't. But I, I'm not disputing that clearly he's less than he's less than a year removed from his ACL injury. And something's impacting him because like you said you don't just go from being a pretty accurate quarterback because what did Jimmy hang his hat on it wasn't crazy size it wasn't like this crazy arm it was just he was just a really kind of consistent little playmaking accurate quarterback right yeah by and large inaccurate guys don't get accurate and accurate guys don't get less accurate yeah it's just so I so maybe it's the to your point though maybe it's physical plus confidence I I don't know I I I'm alarmed I think we're both alarmed we were both alarmed that third preseason game I do think though there's a if we just took a step back and said would it be reasonable to think that his first game back after the ACL is not the best he can do that he could be a lot better than that I'd say yeah but the question really is, like None of that matters, like you said. What matters is okay. Let's just assume, let's just say for a second everybody accepts the ACL is affecting him. Okay, let's accept that. So what's it gonna t- what's it gonna t- how long does it take? Does it take two weeks or does it take four months? Well, say it, ta- say it takes four e- months. Do they got a year. Well, do they got a year of him. No, struggling? I don't. To, the only way he's got a year is if uh, no, I don't. How, because I don't think he's got a year. Because I was going to say the only way he's got a year is if he just keeps getting incrementally better. But I think if he keeps getting incrementally better, it shouldn't take him a year. Um, but no, I don't think he's got a year. Of so let's go worst case. You? Let's go worst case scenario. He's rusty all season long, and they go six and ten, seven and nine. Yeah, is he not back as a quarterback next year? I don't think he's back. You, you think do? they just? And then someone else might get the better version of Jimmy being a full year removed from the ACL. If if that I'm you know look if we're talking about this at the end of the year and he hasn't I don't I'm not saying that version ex- is going to exist but it's possible but if they go six and ten and he's bad do you think he's back on the team next year? Is Kyle back on the team next year? Well, because you'd say that is the yeah, year that is. would feel like the make or break year for Kyle. I agree, but it's like how are you going to get a better version of hoping you get a better Jimmy off a second year of an ACL? Right? I think that would be. I'm with you. I I think Kyle. How do you would be go into so the season trusting? Yeah. How do you go into this, how do you go how do you run it back? It's a disaster. But I also think it shows you when you press and when you're desperate and they're in a desperate situation for a guy less than a year removed off his ACL, it's creating this tension that is not healthy, right? I somehow that Kyle and Jimmy have to get on the same page. Now the ultimate problem with them getting on the same page, Kyle's like, I'm running my most most basic plays and this guy can't complete them. So what what the fuck Am I supposed to take him out for beers and say, like, just keep at it, champ? Like, I, I do understand that from Kyle's frustration, but I just don't necessarily see how it's fixed 
if Kyle's like open minded, like let's just ease him back in. Like I'm just I can't run any other plays. These are my plays, right? These are this is what I got, guy. So it's if he can't do it, I what, what do you want me to do? Like run, go to Pee Wee football and find the most basic play in football history? <laughs> this is this is what we run. If he can't do it, and I think that's why when you kind of take a step back and you think about it like that, if he continues to screw up the offense. You do understand why maybe he might tell Mike, like, at least fucking Mullins can do it. And then it gets to Mike Silver. I met Mike Shanahan. Then it gets to Mike Silver. And when Mike when Mike Silver's saying that, it's not just randomly pulling out of his ass. It's because Kyle's thinking, if Jimmy can't throw for 200 yards in a game because I'm running basic plays and guys are wide open and he can't hit them, either because, one, he doesn't see them, slash because he's pressing, or two, because the ball, when he throws it, when he thinks he's going to hit him in the hands, hits the defensive back in the feet. <laughs> like We can't run our offense. And that's where I think the frustration stems from Kyle that go, if he was on this podcast right now, he's like, middle Kyle, if you just think I'm being an asshole to Jimmy and like I'm on his ass and I'm like, I'm fucking running a basic crossing route and he throws it behind the defensive back who's behind the wide receiver. What do you want me to do? Give him a cookie for that? And I'd be like, yeah, I understand where you're coming from. But I'd also go, well, this guy's coming off an ACL you got to live and die with it. Maybe if you wouldn't fucked up the first two seasons, you wouldn't be in this make or break situation. You're three, six, you know, halfway into a six year contract. Part of it's on you. Maybe if you wouldn't have traded up for Dante Pettis, you put yourself in a position where you have all these players, these high drafted players that aren't very good. So you have some holes on your roster that are there because of poor decisions you guys have made. So could it have helped a little bit if you had drafted better? Like just give it them more chances? Because you're going into games with. Like, now you're starting running back as an undrafted free agent. Beside Kittle, who's a star, who, like, who your best wide receiver is Debo Samuel, which I like. But Jesus Christ, that's a lot of pressure to put on Debo Samuel. I mean, it's like, hey, Debo, uh, we're going to need you to be an NFL one. Like, Jesus Christ, I was just at the Senior Bowl six months ago. That's, right. You know, and, you know, elite players, guy, don't go to the Senior Bowl. Like, future number one wide receivers as rookies. Now, sometimes guys become number one wide receivers that come from the Senior Bowl. Sometimes it takes a year or two. So I, I think they are pressing right now in situations where they're just not really equipped to press and figure it out really fast. Well, let me – can I say this too, by the way? This Nick Mullins thing. Like, we like Nick Mullins the right amount. Nick Mullins played eight games last year. He threw an interception in seven in six of them. He's um, not very good. He, he threw multiple interceptions in three of them. He's, He's not very good relative down. to Jimmy. Like they're they're different levels. Yeah, of like that's th- this is the other part of this discussion is like what we saw week one from Jimmy Garoppolo. To me, if he looks like that week four, that's still not bad enough to put Nick Mullins on the field instead of him, given what the potential upside I think on Jimmy is. That, that, that's the other element here. Is like it's not like Nick Mullins is going out executing the offense and not making mistakes. He threw thirteen touchdowns and ten picks. He threw 10 picks in eight games. That's a 20-interception season. So This is probably not a great parallel, but I'm going to use it. Like, Herm Edwards right now is taking what looks like to be a star young quarterback. Michigan State this week. Yeah, who's who's a long way away from being anything what he'll once probably be in two years. But because they're in year two, but there's not like year two pressure. It's like basically it still feels like they're in year one that it's all going to be gravy. If they just go and just have a good showing, they could still get their ass kicked. Like, let's say they ended up losing by 30, but it's tied at half. Ugh. It's like, you can kind of keep your head up, 30's, though. 30 is a lot of points. 
Yeah, especially at, at thirty offense. would feel thirty would feel crazy. Okay, let's go. Let's go twenty. But you're tied go, at half. Yeah, just you know, but the, and they kind of take over in the second okay. half. Forty to again, 20. guy. They're they're a two touchdown underdog. So I know you go in there. You have it like it's not that big a deal. It's just not where every pass Jimmy Garoppolo throws, just because of the contract. Like you're just like, is he going to be back next year? That's kind of what we're talking about because it is a legit conversation because of the contract. And it was the same thing with Derek. And I know Raider fans think that conversation's over. It's not because it could easily pop back up in a month. Like yeah, when we'll you have a buyout of a quarterback at under five million dollars, you can get out of his con- not a buyout, but the dead cap money, meaning you can cut him for no no guaranteed cash. You're in a pretty good situation if you want to move on financially. Now, it doesn't mean it's the right move, but these are the conversations that are maybe not being had right now because they're just trying to figure it out, but they would be had if it gets ugly. And that's why I think, like, if Jimmy Garoppolo at any point this season, worst-case scenario, were to get benched by Nick Mullins, I don't know how any other conversation would be, Jimmy Garoppolo's not going to be back on this team next year, right? How could we have any other conversation if he's healthy, if he's a healthy scratch? Yeah, look, in that moment, we would have that conversation. I wouldn't rule out... Well, yeah, it wouldn't. It's be a like one week stone. thing, and he comes back. I'm just saying, like, I wouldn't rule out that, like, let's say that happens week five. I wouldn't rule out that he's the starter. Week but you six. agree that would be pretty nuts. Like, yeah, that would and be, again, that part would of the reason I think it would stories be, in the league for sure, and part of the reason I think it would be nuts is just given. You know, I mean, I know Nick Mullins played great against the Raiders on a Thursday night, but. He threw the next two weeks after that, he threw more picks than touchdowns. Like, what's a bigger story? Sam Darnold getting mononucleosis or Trevor Simeon just Sam Darnold getting benched and Trevor Simeon starting week two. It'd be Sam Darnold getting benched, right? Now, the mono story is crazy, but it's still like he's only not starting because he's bedridden off making out with a chick. Is that how you get mono? I Google it. That's how you got it in high school. (laughs) Literally, that's how you got it in high school. No. (laughs) Yeah, I I did. Did you get mono? No, I didn't. I didn't either. Oh, I, th- I remember there was a mono run, though, Davis High. Yeah, it definitely wasn't me. <laughs> but I, I, what I just wonder is... <laughs> see, that, that's pretty... I mean, he's getting destroyed in New York, man. Destroyed. And I think Adam Gase is not happy with him. Uh, Guy, do you know the problem with mono? Is they send yeah. you home and they quarantine you. Like, you're not... He's not, like, around. Like, he, at least he's getting the mental reps. Like, no, he's fucking bedridden. Yeah. I know. Done. Sucks. It's terrible. Uh, all right, Joe. Let's tell the people. Draft Kings. Get the app. Somebody asked us. Get the app. Use the promo code HAM. Get in our game. You got to sign up by Sunday morning. It's the Sunday and Monday games. Uh, winner take all. It didn't have. Wasn't how it was intended, but the way it is, and we'll play it. Um, somebody tweeted at us and said, "How do I?" Like sometimes when you click the link on Twitter, it doesn't take you right to the app. Take it to the browser, and then from the browser, you should be able to hit open in the app is that the easiest so, way to do it yeah it, sometimes it, it might take you a couple tries but that's the way it's it's worked for me um you can draft your single game showdown lineup and feel the sweat like never before if you want to just play a single game like you could have on that thursday night but get in our game that starts on sunday it's got sunday and it's got monday you stay under the salary cap see how your team stacks up against the competition plus users who sign up today on DraftKings using the code ham will receive a free shot at the one million dollar top prize yep download the DraftKings app now and use the code ham like you said i got a pin at the top of my page you got a pin at the top of the page go to the game get in tell your friends 
Uh, let's play. I plan on winning the because it's winner take all. Winner yep, take same. all. It's, guy, it's a pretty good prize. So I mean, thirteen fifty. How do you beat thirteen fifty? A ten dollar investment. Win thirteen fifty. Draft a sweet team. Down when you download the app, use the code ham and get a free shot at two million dollars in prizes with your first deposit. That's code ham only at DraftKings. All right, go get it. Get in, get in, get in. Minimum $5 deposit required. Deposit bonus requires a 25-time playthrough. If you accept, eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. You feel good about your squad? Uh, I, I feel okay about my squad. I feel okay about my squad. Okay, we need we need 62 more people, so get in. All right. I'll keep tweeting it. Good. Same. Uh, Packers Chiefs, John. We always talk about this. Packers? Uh, Packers? Raiders? Raiders Chiefs, John. Uh, we always talk about this. The uh, I can't read my own handwriting is what that was. We, uh, You know, you get to see a quarterback on the field with another quarterback, just like you get to see two starting pitchers go head-to-head. It's the best thing there is in football, just like I think it's the best thing there is in baseball. And uh, here's Derek Carr now coming off a great game. And like you told me, don't forget – Historically, at home against the Chiefs, he plays pretty well. So I don't think the Raiders need to win this game. But if Derek plays well and they play well, um, I'll start thinking maybe after two weeks can we start talking about them like they got a shot at the AFC wild card. When you say play well to get the, the wild card buzz, you mean a win? Or do you mean if they go one and one, you'd still think alive? Oh, I'm saying if they go, if they're one and one, but look like okay, they just lost to the best team, the AFC, but they hung. And what we, because to me now everything is, did what we saw week one indicate more of what was to come from Derek? Because if that's the case, then they got a shot. Now the Jonathan Abram news is devastating, but if that's kind of who Derek's going to be, then they do have a shot. Like if you just took all the best quarterbacks in the NFL, you'd say. The guys that you think are really good, their teams all have a chance to at least be a wild card team. I would agree. Here's the problem, though. This is where I think that for me to have even the word wild card come out of my mouth for them, you'd have to win this game. Because can I just read you some uh, read you something? After okay. the Chiefs game, it goes at Vikings, at Colts, in win, London win. versus Bears, at win. Packers, at Texans. Win. Loss. I mean, that's. I mean, we got a lot of six and six and two. The schedule gets a little easier at the end, but that I'm, that's a stretch, You're, man. Yeah, I, I know, I know. I'm just I'm not saying I'm predicting it if they lose and look good. I'll just go wait a second. That's not really. I wasn't even thinking about postseason, and I'll start going. Okay, would you agree if they were to upset, and it'd be a pretty big upset? They're a touchdown underdog at home. It, they would be one of the darlings of the league, given how Antonio Brown fucking spurned them, right? Yeah. Like people would feel good for Derek and the the Raiders. Would, would uh, Raiders World would at Raiders World start uh, fuck AB T-shirts? <laughs> yeah, probably. Do, Welcome mean, back I, to the Internet Warriors World. Do you do you think they even keep this game close? Because when I take a step back, I go. Uh, I think it's gonna be really hard. Yeah, I just don't know who covers Travis Kelsey. Even though it shows you, eat, I mean. Tyree Kill's not even around. It's not even like a big deal. It's like, well, who's covering any of these guys? How are you going to play defense against these guys? And your margin for error, I think we go, God, you know, Derek dominated. And he was. He was excellent. They didn't score 40 points against Denver. They scored 24. And they had a Well, they were rolling, and then at 14 to nothing, they were like, let's just chill here for a minute. Catch our breath. (laughs) Hashtag go three and out a decent amount. 
I, I, I do hope that I, I think it'd be good for good for us. I, I wouldn't mind an upset. I just I have a hard time closing my eyes because, like you said, there, there is no stalling against the Chiefs. You stall against the Chiefs, there's a 14-point swing. That's the thing. Like They're like a college football team. Yeah, they, in they that really way. are. And I know Andy loves Gruden, but he's taking it easy on him. And someone tweeted yesterday, like, uh, before last year, Gruden was 4-0 against Andy. And then, like, all the replies were like, do the 90s count? And it wasn't necessarily the 90s, but it was a long time ago. I mean, that's the thing. Like, when you bring up Gruden's resume, you're talking about things like 4 5 like, That's where it's like his resume, when it comes to football, it's hard. Because when you talk about, like, Belichick or Andy, you're like, oh, yeah, he won a playoff game last year. Or, yeah, he won three of the last four divisions. And Gruden's like, well, he, he, he won a playoff game and when Haberman and Middlecoff were in high school, you know, it's like, it, it's, it's well, weird when and it's not like he won accomplishments, and it's not like he went out on a high note when he left Tampa. Yeah, it is pretty nuts when you take a step back and you think about this guy who clearly is just one of the all-time football. He's like a football drug addict. Took ten years off. Ten years off. Isn't that pretty nuts when you think about it? Sometimes I'll just it'll cross my mind like, how the fuck does that happen? Was it just he was completely burned out, or was he just making so much money he didn't give a shit? Or That's a good question. He got to the point where he was probably making more money or equal money to work a quarter of the amount, and he's like, "Well, if I am going to come back, I'm going to completely pick my own job." But it does feel like he had the pick of his job all the time. Did, yeah, that, see, that's the question to me: is like, was it that his idea of what his value was was different than? what other people thought and it just took some time in TV to build the value back up I feel you know like, I mean? TV, like didn't you feel like TV built them back up like two or three years into it I do yeah I do I do um, I don't know but I mean what what did it take for him to come back it took 10 million dollars a year well I did for, read but, an, but, I, but John over three years so it's only 30 million I, I no did, wait it's not I did read an SI article that like kind of broke down by Jenny Ventress I think mm-hmm and the one she got some pretty good she had some pretty good intel one thing she wrote in there is that she had heard the first two years in Oakland his salary was like five million dollars it jumps dramatically when they move because of course they don't have the money now to pay him that much money and then with the taxes and everything so I I think that the contract they basically signed him on this Vegas friendly contract that's kind of was the pitch but so that's like, is it about the money to Gruden? Yeah, and I, and that's and I've crushed him for this because he's always like, I want players that would play for free. It's like, well, John, you won't fucking coach for free. But football, you're not that big of a junkie, and he's getting there at 4 a.m. And someone told me the latest anyone on the staff gets in is at six. The majority of the staff is there between like five and five thirty, and that's. I mean, they are. He's like, they are an early, early morning staff. Did you see somebody tweeted Thursday night like? Something along the lines of, uh, coaches, maybe you guys want to start going home at like dinner time because staying past eight thirty clearly isn't the answer. It's well, not working. Not at all. Just watching the Bucks Panther game. But it's not. You know, I've read an article. Maybe this. Maybe it was written SI or something last year. That like, do you know Clay Helton sleeps in the office Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? Maybe Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Mm. It's. It's not. It's pretty commonplace for these. These guys are nuts. I mean, absolutely nuts. Saban ain't there at 10 o'clock at night. I think he goes home at 9. 
you know, on the early days. And then as the week goes later, you can leave. Yeah, nine's not early. Not early at all. Uh, but it's just the reality of these guys are nut jobs. I, I, Gruden, does Gruden have a signature win? I know he's only been coaching a year in a game. Uh, Since he's been back. You'd say probably not, really, right? It'd be If it was, it'd be Denver. But if Denver turns out to be one of the worst teams in the league, it won't look as good. What about last year? Yeah, I'm not giving them any signature wins last year. Oh, okay. Well, then the answer's no. <laughs> so this would, I mean, this would be a big deal in his early career comeback, right? This would be something he could hang his hat on, be the best team in the league or one of them at home. And he's revitalizing because if you win this game, clearly Derek plays well, and he would start getting credit for that. Like him and he's revitalized Derek's career. It'd sure. be the, it'd be it'd be one of the first. Like no one would be able to argue the positive spin on this for Gruden. Like God, he's he's got Derek fucking rolling again. And if Derek was playing with this crazy fervor and this just like kind of jittery positiveness before he releases the ball, we're like God, Gruden's turning Derek into a monster. The guy we all knew he could be. Like he would start getting kind of the media BJ for that. Which How about is, beating the beating the Steelers last year, John? Yeah, but Roethlisberger missed the half. Remember? He went out for a half, but he was healthy, and then he came back when they were down three at the end of the game. That would be my uh, only caveat to that game. Yeah, it's a major caveat. Um, see, that's what you just said before that, though, is what I go back to. It's like, if Derek looks good again, you're going to start getting that Gruden's, Gruden's, Gruden's doing it buzz, even if they don't win. That's, that's where I think there's a line here where you don't win the game, but you come out of it going, you know what, maybe there's something more here than we thought. And he deserves it, right, if he gets Derek looking sweet. That's that's his number one goal of his job, I, right. I guess. I mean, obviously, winning is, but fucking fix this. They go hand in hand. Yeah, those two things are related. How many how many touchdowns do you think Derek's going to need to throw? Kind of a sneaky DraftKings question. I've been thinking about playing him for them to win. Yeah, for them to win three, and then probably get another rushing touchdown. Uh, he's hey. got to have. He's got to account for four touchdowns for them to win the game. And then you probably still need another one out of Jacobs. Don't you think, or do you think it's like three plus two other two running touchdowns from somebody else? I think you could get three touchdowns from Derek. That's 21. A rushing touchdown, you're at 28, and maybe a field goal, 31. Maybe you could win it like 31, 25. Okay, but you can't throw a pick. Yeah, no picks. And you probably need a Mahomes, either a pick or a fumble or something. I just don't feel I – when I close my eyes and think Mahomes – like when you close your eyes and you think cousins, you're like, I want to four moments and the moments gone. I can see cousins throwing a pick. I can see Jimmy throwing a pick. I can see Cam and James throwing a pick. Close your eyes and see Mahomes, and you're like, I just don't, I just see touchdowns and I just see deep bombs. Like I don't see picks and no lookers. It's why when you close your eyes and you think Brady, even if you do think of like, remember that time he threw a pick six against the Atlanta Falcons in the Super Bowl. You won't even be able to find it in your mind. You're like, yeah, don't. It, is that even in my memory? Like, I, I don't see it. <laughs> but, like, Derek, you can close your eyes. You can see a, a lot of picks. Same with Jimmy. Same with a lot of Jimmy. Players. Jimmy, I just see, like, somebody returning it. Like, all they got to do is run 17 yards down the sideline. Well, yeah, I close touchdown. my eyes with Jimmy, and I see, like, a guy by the 10-yard line smiling, having his shoulders kind of open because he's facing kind of his other teammates and the Niners. And just, like, he's just fucking prime-timing it into the end zone. <laughs> Because that's the thing about Jimmy's pick sixes, dude's just scot free. I mean, it's just him and green grass. It's like, do I do I need, can I crawl? I mean, do I even need to run? Can I run backwards? 
You know the Deshaun Jackson move where yes. he where he looks you, backwards and he jogs backwards where you're gonna get a flag, but he doesn't even give a shit. <laughs> That's what I'd do if I was a DB. You don't get a flag for that in the NFL, do you? You get a flag for that in college? Yeah. Do you think the flags for excessive celebrations stuff like that in college is a little over the top? Like they yeah. throw it a little quickly. Yeah. Like it's to me a little much. Guy got disqualified the other day for first celebration was he went down to a knee and did a bow and arrow. It's like, okay, throw the flag. Second one was he just made a play on the sideline and like stood there in the opponent bench and did like the, you know, legs together, arms wide, like T.O. on the Dallas Cowboys star. Got a second flag. Well, two unsportsmanlike says you're out of the game. So he got kicked out of the game. But it was one of those like, well, he got chewed out after the first one. Maybe just kind of keep your hands in your pockets from the rest of the game. You know, What game was this? Uh, Arizona, Northern Arizona. You didn't catch that? <laughs> Arizona, Arizona guy did it? Yeah. So he got Someone two- got in his ass after the first one. He did it again. Do you think he's benched this week? Eh, maybe. I don't know. You haven't been reading the Tucson papers? No. Who are they playing this week? Arizona plays Texas Tech at home. You know, I kind of like yeah. Texas Tech and Matt Wells. Don't sleep on him. I know. Um... All right. I, I, Thursday. I, really yeah. quick before we put a bow on this, mm-hmm. I never would have said this two weeks ago. I don't know how to exactly put this because I was going to say the Raiders have a chance. I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be shocked if the game's kind of tight as we head down the home stretch, like headed to the fourth quarter. I don't know if the Raiders are going to win, but I have a lot more confidence in the Raiders just because. I think you've seen this with the Chiefs, just over Andy's run. They get pretty locked in at home, and they know they own Derek. But I think they come out here, and maybe they'll take him a little more seriously in this game, but maybe they overlook the Raiders. The Raiders have kind of got some shots in before, and obviously they've upset them a couple times. But you'd say, thir- let's just discount the two Thursday night games. One, which they won that 0-10 year, and the one two years ago, remember that crazy ending with Crabtree? The Thursday night games are just weird. But just even on Sunday games, that one game when Derek threw all the picks at the end, and even last year was actually a little bit closer when you just look at the score. Derek threw three touchdowns. The Chiefs' pass defense, well, I mean, their their pass rush is good, but the DBs aren't good. So you can throw on them, and if Derek's playing like this, you will be able to keep it close. And I just wonder if, not let their guard down, but just don't view, like when the Chiefs are playing the Rams or the Patriots or the Steelers or who'd they just open, like, Week one, they were just fucking came out swinging. Do they have the same fervor? Panthers, like, right? Uh, the Jaguars. So Jaguars, yeah. Same like, thing. just do they come, do they view the Raiders as a threat? You know? I don't know. Like, deep down, does Mahomes be like, yeah, it's the Oakland Raiders. You like, mean Mahomes who went no-look airmail pass last week? Is that guy? You're right. Like, no, it's... Like, I, I know Raider fans are like, they're a rival. And Mahomes would be like, yeah, they're that team in Oakland that's moving kind of, right? Like, I don't know if Mahomes views them as like some the big bad wolf. I, yeah, that part I agree with. So that's where I think you could take advantage. Now, at the end of the day, like even if Steph Curry doesn't fear you, if you wake him up like mid-game, he could just go for 50, right? That's right. That's exactly right. You could be for, you could be 17 14 at halftime and still lose by this is one of those classic that I bet 90% of the people are going to bet the over and it's like 7 3 at half. (laughs) I wouldn't mind that, honestly. No, I wouldn't mind it either. Uh, Thursday night football, Cam Newton, John. 
It was, uh, I, there was a lot of just, what is up with Cam? In fact, the game started with, Troy, do you think Cam looks healthy? This is before they even started the broadcast. Well, I mean, it, the game, the broadcast was on TV. And then they didn't have, all the cameramen were like taking cover. I don't know if you saw that early because I, of the I lightning. Did, yeah. So they just had two cameras and one of them was a robot. Um, probably a union thing. I don't know. Uh, actually, they said it was Fox policy. Um, but then there was a just torrential downpour. Then they come back, and it was just – I don't know about you, John, but I feel like that game was better when it used to be like the old NFC West. And when I say old, I mean Jim Harbaugh's NFC West. 17-14 would have entertained me way more than that game entertained me, but part of it was the quarterbacking was not great. And you just come out of it wondering, like you were telling me how young Cam is, is he is he somewhere along – I'm not saying he's about to retire – but is he somewhere along the Andrew Luck track? Because he just doesn't doesn't look right. Well, guy, he's never been an accurate quarterback. I mean, any anywhere near an accurate quarterback. Now, last night, he was less than 50%. He was 24 of 50, which, when you say it out loud, it actually looks shittier when you read the box score. 24 of 50, no touchdowns. Through a couple near interceptions. Now, in fairness, so did Jameis, but we view Jameis as the most inaccurate quarterback in the league. Like Cam Newton's a former MVP. When you just say his name, it invokes superstar emotions, right? I'm not saying he still is a superstar, but you say Cam Newton, it kind of resonates. Drip God. You, you drip God. Yeah. That's what, that's what Christian McCaffrey called him, Drip God. Well, it's like, can you keep wearing that when you play that shitty? Yeah, I think. I think the shitter you play, the more you should wear it, in fact. Don't you think he's kind of an NBA player? It's just, at this point, it's just all hype. There's not much substance to it, and he just wears these stupid outfits. Yeah, but again, it's not like he had, like you said, it's not like he didn't lead a team to the Super Bowl. It's not like he didn't, what do you go, 14-2 and two that year? It's not like he didn't win an MVP. Like, all those things happen. What do you like about, do you like my comparison? He's the Carmelo of the NFL. And I'm talking the Carmelo, like, OKC in Houston. Like, he's just, yeah, he was once a great player. He was a Hall of Fame talent, but he never quite materialized maybe what he should have been. A little different with Cam, like he got injured. Carmelo yeah, see, just, that would be the difference it's to not, me. It's not a perfect parallel person. I'm talking to the player, though. Cam got injured, and it Won a championship in college, right? But yeah, national championship in college. So that, that kind of fits. A lot of hype, right? I mean, he's just super famous. Like if you went to a 15-year-old kid... I bet there's just a lot of Cam Newton, sh- Newton shirts. He's just yeah, a, he's would, a fun, popular player. To me, the difference in the hype between the two—I I don't mean the nitpick. I know you know it's not—it's not apples to apples, part, but it's yeah, like yeah, it's like fine. apples so to bananas. I, I think part of what makes it what makes Cam so unique is he himself is just so unique from a skill set standpoint for that position. Um, you know what I mean, like. That, like like he was when he was he was special he was different he like won a league MVP he was special and uh, you know I just I think after Luck retired we started you take a step back and go you know run, running backs leave the game at twenty nine all the time and it turns out Luck's body was probably treated closer to a running back's body than a quarterback's body and maybe. Maybe that's part of what's going on with Cam Newton. Will Cam Newton know. be a starting quarterback in the NFL week one, 2020? Yes. You think so? Next year? In 2020. Yeah, it's next year. Yeah, next year. So less than a year from now. Yeah. For the Panthers? Hmm. That I don't know. 
at the end of the day, he is only, you know, 30 years old. So he'll be 31 going into next season. I would think you are more likely to have a new football coach coaching Cam Newton than a different co- than a different quarterback on well, the Carolina Panthers. Here's the thing: they can cut him in 2020. The dead cap's two million dollars, guy. So if they want, but you to, still need another guy. No, I know. Right? And it's, so we say this all the hey, time: are they going like to win four games this year? Maybe they can get that other guy. Like, let's say you hire Kellen Moore. You know, would Kellen Moore just be like, well, I'll just have Cam Newton one more year. He's not even that expensive. And he doesn't have the leverage to, like, hold out or anything. I Quit, still, who's the Cowboys' backup? I, I do think, though, it probably makes sense to just kind of move on. Like, Ron Revere's probably in trouble. Uh, Dave Tepper, when you pay $2 billion for a team and you're watching that, you're like, oh, this is, everyone's in trouble, right? I think we just I think we got a pretty good idea of Dave Tepper's uh, business uh patience already this year when it came well, to the AAF. Wasn't he the AAF guy? No, that was the uh that was an NHL guy. Oh, that wasn't the Panthers guy? No, it wasn't the NFL oh. guy. It was the Carolina Are you sure? her, Yeah, 1000% it was an NHL guy. Oh, that whole time I thought he was the Carolina Panthers guy. This no. whole time. No, it was the it was an NHL guy. I don't know what if he legally name? could have invested the. I forget the NHL guy's name, but it was not David Tepper. Did I just Tom th- Dundon? Yeah, Tom Dundon. Yeah, I, I think Camp shot. I, I just think it's that simple. It's injuries. It's lack of. This, if, if I'd known it was an NHL guy the whole time, you, you thought it was David Tepper the whole time. I thought it was the owner of the. Well, I I didn't think it was David Tepper. I just thought it was whoever has the Panthers. Yeah, the the new guy that had bought the Panthers. Yes, that's yeah, what I thought. It, this was just a super rich guy that owns the Carolina Hurricanes. Oh, well, now I'm left optimistic about the AAF making it. <laughs> yeah, well, they, they, they didn't. I'm selling, John. <laughs> I think Cam's fucked. You know what Cam is, guy? He is, I, I think the proper NBA comparison is to like a player like Russell Westbrook. When And Russell's not quite there yet, though he's trending. When you're an when you're the best athlete on the floor your entire career and you never could shoot, but you can get away with it because you can run around everyone, and then all of a sudden your athletic ability diminishes a little bit. And I think you're watching Cam Newton, who was by far, like you say, the mellow comparison is not totally perfect because we've seen a lot of mellows over the years. Just drop, just at the end of the day, a bucket getter. Now, he was a high-end bucket getter, but they exist all the time in the league. Where Cam Newton... You and I went to a game at Candlestick, and we stood by him, and we're like, this motherfucker is enormous. He was huge. And that this was pre-his stupid outfits, and he was pretty young then. I mean, this was six or seven years ago, right? So he was probably 23, 22. I mean, he was, it might have been like his second year in the league. I just remember looking at him going, Jesus Christ. It was 2013, so it was six years. Yeah, he was really young. And he was, he was good then, but he was such a freak because at any moment he could take off. I mean, his MVP season in 2015, he ran for 10 touchdowns. And they weren't just like, oh, they run some quarterback sneaks. They run like quarterback power for him. They pull the guards, and he hesitates, and he runs behind them. And everyone thinks like, yeah, that's a pretty sweet play. <laughs> good luck stopping that. And I, I think it just beat him to shit, and now he's done. And his, his throwing motion has never been crisp. Doesn't it look as delayed now? Kind of is getting like closer to Tebow with every throw that I noticed last <laughs> night. What is going on there? 
He clearly has no control over it either, right? He's never been an accurate guy, but now he is. There were a couple couple shots last night of the wide receivers, the little dude from Ohio State, Samuel, that was just like, bro, I'm, I'm wide open. What are you doing? And Cam's that, like, you, you, you did the uh, – was that when you did the uh, Carlton gif? I think Full House debuted 27 years ago today or something like that, by the way. Yeah, like, I think that might have – I might have done the Carlton gif off of play on the right side because oh. in fairness to the one where he missed him, the dude is getting an unblocked rushers coming right at him. Like that, even Brady or whatever, that throws off a lot of guys. So it's like I'm, I, that's kind of a low blow by me who's, you know, historically a cam hater. But that was bad. It's like, bro, if you are throwing it up and you're that big and the guy's getting the free rusher – at least put it in the vicinity. He's not even. He doesn't even put it in the vicinity, guy. He consistently has throws. Like the one thing that was crazy by the second half, you're like, Jameis clearly a better player right now, because J- J- Jameis kind of settled down. Like Jameis is on a different level. Threw the ball to hit that hit Mike Evans down the left sideline. That was a nice pass. How about the one cam near pick on the pick play? And I, I do like the pick plays, mm-hmm. and it doesn't bother me when they kind of make a little contact before. But the 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 guy chasing Greg Olson, who, I mean, how's Greg Olson still playing? Pretty at a high level. He had like eight catches, 110 yards. The guy's chasing Greg Olson, and there's two pickers. It's like elevator screens in the NBA. And 31 <laughs> kind of busts through them both. And then he looks, and the ball's hitting him right like in the face, and the ball goes through his hands. And I'm like, God, Cam, let's just – North Turner, this is uh, this is falling off the rails here. Yeah, I I think part of the question is, are they going to be bad enough that they are in pretty good position to just draft a quarterback and they just reset the whole thing? Are they going to be a five? Are they going to be five wins or worse? Or are they going to somehow win seven games? Wouldn't you be hard pressed to see them win seven games at this point? To me, it feels like six is the ceiling right now. You see that thing Keekley wears on his neck. No, what he is ha- it? He has like this half, uh, you know, like oh, a ri- you know, I did see a picture of it, but I didn't really. Yeah, you know this, you know, like a ring you throw in the pool or whatever, and you go uh-huh. grab it. He wears like a half ring on his neck, and someone tweeted at Pro Football Doc, like, "What is that?" And he said it's a mechanism that that somehow mirrors a woodpecker. And he's like, "I'm not kidding. I'm serious. Like, you know how woodpeckers peck? They don't get mm-hmm. concussions." So they've done studies like how they do it, and it's something because like their neck stays consistently straight. I, I don't know. Mm. I mean, it's it's pretty, and that's the point of that little mechanism or thing that he wears on his neck is so it to keeps help. you from like snapping your yeah. head se- separate from your neck. Even though it's not that like uh, it's not very big, and I don't know how it would hold you from kind of snapping your head back, but clearly it it he thinks it works. Maybe it's just mental because he has had a bunch of concussions. You know the other crazy thing about Cam is despite— Keekly has said repeatedly he can't discuss it when asked, although other than to confirm he's wearing it. Huh. I mean, come on, Luke. What were these PEDs on your neck? Is, is it proprietary? The Q collar. Did Cam, despite winning an MVP and being a multiple-time pro bowler and being an excellent— I mean, he's had some really good moments in the league. Like, he's been a starting quarterback on a team that's made the playoffs like three or four times on his watch. He's never been the best player on his own team. Isn't that kind of nuts when you take a step back? He's never been the best player on his own team. Now, part of that is Keekley's a, really good players. a Hall of Fame linebacker, right? I mean, Keekley's one of the best middle linebackers you've ever seen. But still, is was he not the best player on his team when he won the MVP? Uh, I think Luke was. 
I mean, Luke wasn't first team All Pro. If anything, they were equals. What is the most valuable player, if not the most but, value, I mean, the they, best player? They never give it to the defensive guy like Luke Keekley. No, that Luke Keekley in 2015 was a first team All Pro. I mean, he was good. Don't get me wrong. I'm I'm just saying that in 2015, Luke Keekley had 108 tackles. Yeah, maybe right. He had four picks. Couple force fumbles. Okay, I'll give it to Cam that year. I'm on the MVP. I, I personally would take Luke, but Luke can't discuss it. I mean, what the hell is that? Well, I, I don't know. Apparently, his uh, his high school they have it. They, all the guys at his high school were, or a bunch of people at the high school were. I don't know. Weird. Uh, somebody just hit us up because they just got tickets on Twitter. They hit us up on Twitter. They got tickets on SeatGeek, and they used the promo code Ham SeatGeek. Get the app. Use the promo code HAM. That's how we buy tickets. We've been doing it forever, John. We've been talking about it back to terrestrial radio days. Now we're both getting paid for the ad. Back then it was just me. What the fuck? Uh, I, didn't, I forgot about that. Were you? Did you get some CD cash back then? I, I honestly don't think I made that up. I don't know. I may probably. Uh, but the reason I like it, the reason you like it, the reason everyone who uses it likes it is it's so easy. You look at the map. You get on the phone. You look at the map of the stadium. It gives you a big green dot where the good value is. It gives you a medium yellow dot where the okay value is. It gives you a small red dot where the bad value is. It's so easy to buy tickets on SeatGeek. Guys, SeatGeek, like you said, breaks down every detail of every price. You can see the venue, whether it's games. That's the thing. It's not just games. Whether you want to go to NFL games, whether you want to go to college football games, whether you want to go to baseball games, whether any game you want to go to. It also is concerts. Concerts. Oh, yeah. And we, we love seeing some live music. Maybe How about this? Comedians guy? Comedians, mm. you want you want to see it? They got it. Download the SeatGeek app. Download the SeatGeek app on your phone. You and I have done it. We've had it for years. I mean, years. And uh, we love it because SeatGeek will even give you $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All you need is to use our promo code. It doesn't get any easier, guy. Download the SeatGeek app today. Use promo code HAM for $10 off your first purchase. That's promo code HAM for $10 off your first purchase. That's, when, that's another uh, share it with all your friends, too. Yeah, t- tell everybody. I mean, you go to games, you know, your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, tell them all. Scream it to high heavens. All right, uh, just some uh, NFL headlines. Look around at some games. Just see what's out there on the slate. little weekend primer. I love doing this. Did you know, John, there's only three afternoon games this week? Raiders play at two. Or I guess at one. Sorry, this is a mountain time schedule I'm looking at. Raiders play at one, and then... Um, there are a ton of morning games. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, well, yeah. And then it bears Broncos at 225. Vic Fangio, by the way, was great. You sent me that. And then um, Saints-Rams at 225. That's a pretty so good I, afternoon. My slate. hope is that we only get one morning game in the Bay Area so we to ensure we get Rams-Saints. Yeah, I, I wouldn't feel confident about that. I think we've gotten screwed before. I think, you think we're getting two. Well, singles. no, we no, no, we are going to get it because you're guaranteed to get a doubleheader on one of the slots, right? It would have to be a morning CBS game. Well, anyway, are you sure matter. the 49ers are not on CBS? 49ers are on Fox. Oh, they are. Yeah. My guess would be then CBS. I bet we get Colts at Tennessee or no. Jacksonville at Houston. What about I, Seattle I, at I, Pitt? I'm thinking we get. That's on Fox. Oh, it is? Yeah. What if we get New England and Miami? I'd be pissed. <laughs> God. It feels like that's what we're going to see. Arizona at Baltimore? I'd actually kind of watch that game. 
Yeah, of course. I kind of watched. I kind of watched that crap last night, but but that's on Fox too. Cowboys, Fox, Fox. I can see Bills, Giants. I will be pissed if it's that. That that to me is the worst option. Pats, Dolphins, second. I bet it's I bet it's Colts, Dolphins, or excuse me, Colts, Titans. I could see Chargers, Lions. Are they more inclined to give you a team from your area? Do you know if that works that way? I feel sometimes we, they are. Yeah. I, I actually expect Chargers, Lions would be my guess. Oof. Um, and then Sunday night, Sunday night is uh, Eagles, Falcons, and Monday night is Browns, uh, mono, Jets. Is that so. one of the weirder injuries you've ever heard of? How long is he out? Well, bro, if they not, said it could be a month, like a month. In, yeah, it, it's hashtag indefinitely. Okay, you don't only you're not only out. I'm if I remember correctly, and I've heard some people say this, you lose a lot of weight. I don't think yeah, you can you eat do. much. Like he's could this be a season? I'm not trying to like be crazy here, but if you told me that Sam Darnold misses the season because of mono, that's not unrealistic. If you think about it, let's say he's quarantined at his house for a month, he loses thirty pounds. Well, you have to gain that weight back. I mean, I is this the best thing that ever happened to them, though? They get to tank, and, you know, not that they wanted to, but kind of they're forced into it now, and they ended up getting a top pick, and they get Jerry Judy. That's I'm what reading, I kind of expect. I just got this headline. Chris Chandler talks about what it's like to have mono. It's a legit hardcore illness. Well, I think we understand that. Like, it's funny that he got it probably making out of the chick, but it's also a legitimately bad illness that you can you die from as a child. I think with NFL doctors, he'll probably be okay. But he's getting quarantined at his house, and he's not going to be allowed to leave, and it's probably going to cost him a season. Like, it's... Did you watch the clip of Adam Gase announcing it? No, I saw you retweet it, though. Yeah, it was just... He said 14's out with mono. That's how he didn't even say Sam Darnold. Like I think he's pretty pissed off at him. Like what the fuck, man? How do you get that? Chris Long said he got it in college, lost 20 pounds. Yeah, I mean, I my hot take is Sam Darnold's gonna miss the majority of the season, the majority yeah. of the season, if not all the season. Because someone's like, if you go back and watch the final drive against in just some of his game against the Bills, he didn't look right. Like, was he sick in that game? Like, like an early I'm sure. onset? That, yeah. I, he had to have been. Yeah. Because they, when was the, when did they announce it? Uh, yesterday, because he didn't have to give a press conference on Wednesday because they're playing on Monday Night Football. So oh, so third, oh, yeah, maybe, yeah, I don't know. You maybe he just went out the game making out? I mean, you don't have to go out, really, to make out. You know? No, I mean, the great part about being Anymore. an NFL quarterback and probably having some open DMs. Once you're out of high school. People come to you. You can do it at home. Yeah. Uh, that sucks, man. Because he was just one of the guys that you – like, they, he was Yeah, they were the playing on of, Monday night against Baker Mayfield. That game was pretty good on paper. And just, But just like, oh, you know what, Jets, I don't really care about watching the Jets, but they got Sam Darnold, so I'll watch the Jets. Team that I don't think is that good, but they got a good quarterback that I want to watch, young quarterback. Just takes the team out of the element. And – uh yeah. Sucks. Sucks. Ruins the game. What else you like? Uh, Give me a sneaky game. Give me your sneaky game. Let's go sneaky game. Well, I think we've talked about this earlier in the week. I like New England. I like Miami in the points. I also kind of like Arizona in the points. I think some of these point spreads are a little extreme. 
The team that I like, though, of a game that's not How many points is Arizona getting? 13. Okay. Like, that's... Yeah. Like, let's pump the brakes. Lamar Jackson, I, again, I'm not trying to diminish his accomplishments, but let's not act like he's just Tom Brady. I, I like the Lions are getting two po- a home dog in Week 2 against the Chargers. The Chargers, Hunter Henry's out. Mike Williams has a messed up knee. Their left tackle's out. Derwin James, they have a lot of injuries. The Lions... They were up 24 to 6 early in that game, relatively early in a game against a shitty team. Like they were like this team sucks, we're kicking their ass. Now Patricia does I think have a torn Achilles and is on uh he does have one crutch. He looks terrible, guy. But I like the Lions. You know Stafford threw for like 350 yards, three touchdowns. Like his box score mm. was pretty good. I like the Lions in this game. Mainly his just because his box score is always pretty good, Joe. No, I know, but he was he was he looked healthy. He looked good. I, I like. You know what I'm saying, though. Like I no, feel yeah, like I don't. He, yeah, like I career. like him. I think we both like him more than most. I mean, people just like him, whatever. But we really like him. At least I do. I think you do. But I feel like I, his whole career is oh, great box score. How many games did they win? Yeah, and sometimes he go well. I got a I got a coach that weighs 400 pounds on a crutch and I can't walk, and I got an organization. I got my my yeah, owner's 107 years old. I know it's just always something. <laughs> You agree if you were going to make an excuse for a guy whose career is going to be very underwhelming, he would have some tangible excuses. Like, guys, I I know I made a lot of money, so I'm not going to complain. Because you check the bank account, I made about 200 mil. Uh, I made a lot of cash. Actually, they just gave me more cash. But my team was a train wreck. Our two best players in the history of the franchise retired at 30 years old. Just just said they were out. They'd had enough. Like, yeah. Not like even luck style. They're just like, yeah, I'm over. See ya. I, I can't play for these guys anymore. I'm no, I think it's totally legit. But let me say this to you: If you took him and put him on a better in a on a better organization, do you think he'd have a Super Bowl appearance? Well, depend. Like if he got Sean Payton or Andy Reid or or Josh McDaniels from the jump, I think he would have had a a much different career as we sit here right now. Now there there is a chance that because his fundamental flaw has been he he makes some bad he's thrown some bad picks because he's kind of uh, the poor poor man's. Like Favre, like that's his mm-hmm. game, right? He kind of mm-hmm. runs around, he mm-hmm. slings it, he throws some BBs, but he throws some bad picks. He's the one thing also I'd say that I, I think uh, excites coaches and people in the league about him is his toughness scale is like a hundred. Like the injuries he's played through, he's yeah. just kind of a war daddy. And people, I think, and I know I am, kind of like in baseball, people just are sucker for a guy that throws a hundred and one. You know, you could argue if you just stood there and got every NFL quarterback and just put a target 20 yards away and just said, throw it as hard as you can, and we could measure the velocity of the pass, is there a chance that he'd be number one right now in the NFL? Like, just let it rip. I think he'd be right up there. Mahomes would be up there. He'd yeah, be up Mahomes there. would be up there. I think, um, I think Stafford actually throws it a little harder than Mahomes. Mahomes, here's why Mahomes is better. Mahomes, to me, has more command over his ball. Like, he can take yeah. a little off, right? He's He got a little more touch. That would be my game. Uh, here's a big one for you. So, Indianapolis plays at Tennessee this week. Houston hosts Jacksonville, okay? If somehow Jacksonville can win. So, the AFC South plays each, plays itself this week. Yeah. If somehow Jacksonville can win... Then they're one and one, but you're not. I don't know how much you're betting on them long term, just given the Foles injury. 
if Tennessee wins, to me, you, you would agree like Tennessee and Houston are the two best teams in that division, or at least we think that right yeah. now, just uh, given everyone's situation. I, that's what I think right injury. now. I do think there's a chance that Indy, after that pretty impressive comeback against the Chargers, might not be terrible. So here's my point. If Tennessee wins, they're t- they're 2-0. Pretty, tough, mean, pretty tough opening two games for the Colts. They got on the road to the Chargers and then on the road to Tennessee. Not easy. So somebody's going to be 0-2. Two teams are going to be 0-2. Well, potentially two teams are going to be 0-2 in the AFC South. Yeah. Um, well, there's, and, there's a lock to be one and then potentially two. Because whoever right. loses the if Jacksonville-Houston Tennessee, game if Tennessee is going to yeah. My point is just like, can Tennessee Tennessee can separate itself by week two right now. If if it's Jacksonville that, that wins. I would and say, wouldn't you say the one, most... Because then Houston's 0-2. Yeah, wouldn't you say that would be the most eye-opening scenario if they were to lose to Gardner Minshew at home? Do you think Gardner well, Minshew... They'd be the most surprising 0-2 team in the NFL. Well, man, Chicago, if Chicago loses, they're 0-2. Did you do a Gardner Minshew game last year? Yeah, two of them. Do you think there's any chance he's good enough to keep them in the playoff hunt? Like, isn't that mm-hmm. asking a lot of a guy that was, Jesus Christ, I mean, it's seven different schools yeah. or whatever. I think there's a chance he's good enough just to not fuck shit up for them if their defense is really good. Yeah, what's, what's I his think, best I, attribute? Just mind, just calm. Yeah, just un, unflappable. Just doesn't get intimidated. Doesn't get rattled. Um, you watch him; he hangs in the pocket. Sometimes too long, but he hangs in there. I got. He hot can take. make throws. I got a hot take for you. Are like we one hundred percent sure that Mariota is better than Gardner Minshew? No. Think how crazy that is. Like Mariota. Well, are like we one two- like I like I really like Nick Foles. Are we one hundred percent sure when he's healthy, the starting job is just his to take back? Well, well, oh, you, well, if Gardner like they start winning, no. I I think coming in like you couldn't say that Minshew's a better player than Foles. Like Foles no, no, won no, a no, playoff no, no, game. no. I'm just saying like yeah. Uh, like if they're if they're five and five and Minshew's just one of their better players, how, I'm why just would torn you? On it? I'm torn because I think Minshew's solid and I think he can be good, but I don't want to see that happen to Nick Foles. I want Nick Foles to play because I like him. Does Gardner Minshew's coaching career never happen because he goes on to have a 10-year NFL career and makes so much money that he's like, oh, fuck, I don't even need to do it. I don't need to go work for Saban and get yelled at? What's more likely, if you had to bet right now, Minshew's out of the league in three or four years or he has a 10-year career? 10-year career. Because, look, isn't Tyler Bray still in the NFL? Yeah, practice squad guy. Minshew's better. I mean, that's... To Minshew me, it's, just he's going to know your offense. He's not. He, he's going to be respected by his teammates, just in terms of like they're going to know that he's he's not afraid to be out. Not I don't want to say afraid, but they're just going to know he's got some shit to him. He's a, he's got leadership qualities. Uh, smart. I mean, yeah. It's just to me, he is at worst a long time NFL backup. Well, think about make the, the he's never relied on like a big arm. He just makes the right throws. But he can throw the ball down the field, not afraid to. Yeah, th- think about the guys that are like Chase Daniels. He's going to have a nine, ten-year career. Case Keenum, like why couldn't Minshew? And I think when you just look body types, he's kind of like that, right? Short, stout, whatever. I, I, I kind of expect – I don't know. I, I honestly didn't watch him enough to like have a take on him. Though I watched him in that week one game, I'm rooting for him. And I'm rooting for my guy, John D. Filippo. Like does John D. Filippo throw his hat back in the uh, – like? Motherfuckers, I'm back. If they start rattling off some wins with Gardner Minshew, because wouldn't yeah, you say I mean, you get more he, credit? Was he good three years ago? Or <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's guys, what I'm saying. But but yeah. that's sometimes you need 
I know some yeah. crazy circumstances for people to re kind of op- you know you f- to reopen some eyes, and this would be a scenario where kind of do a muscle flex. Like if you went nine and seven with Gardner Minshew starting, like you said, there's no if they're winning games. I fools, I get he makes money, but you wouldn't th- you wouldn't make a change if Gardner Minshew's good. And when I say good, like it'd be the eye test will tell it all, and, and wins and losses will tell it all. Because if if he's good, but you're two and seven, like you're probably done, right? Yeah. I I, I think the one of the biggest games of the weekend. Mm-hmm. Well, I think there are two, and th- there are two must win games for two home teams. Pittsburgh just got the shit kicked out of them by the right. by the New England Patriots. The Atlanta Falcons got the shit kicked out of them by the Minnesota Vikings. Both those two teams have home games. Obviously, the Falcons is Sunday Night Football. Mm-hmm. Neither of them. I mean, if you if you're like, well, you're gonna get the crap kicked out of you week two, or excuse me, opening weekend, but then you get home games week two. I don't think the first two opponents you'd want to play would be Seattle and Philly. Like that's. If I had to guess right now, one of those two teams loses, and I'd probably lean Atlanta. Like I just think there's a chance Atlanta's not that good. You know, every year we have a couple coaches that get fired that you don't quite expect when the year starts. And I think, and you could probably throw Tomlin in this mix too, but I, I think at the end of the day, Pittsburgh Steelers will kind of just right the ship. I think there's a chance is Atlanta just 6-10, and 10, and they're paying so much money to so many people. They're at the point where the, the money's so high that people are going to get fired. You're right. Yeah. You just give Julio $70 million guaranteed, and Matt Ryan makes all that money. And as a buddy texts me today, bro, you go back and watch them against Minnesota. The the running lanes for Dalvin Cook, who's a great player, were just parted like the Red Sea. You can't have – you can't be like that. You you can't be what they've been back-to-back years. Or Well, if they have that year again. What would be the worst loss? Losing to Seattle or losing to the Eagles? I mean, most people think Philly's like a – you know, a – Super Bowl contender, so it's it's not that terrible a loss on the surface, but given what just happened to them, I think it would be a bad loss if they came out flat and Philly was like the more aggressive teams are kicking the crap out of them. Yeah, and it's just it's Sunday night football at home. This is gonna feel big, right? So if you lose it, it feels worse. If if you win it, it feels better. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. I like Philly in the game, though, to be honest with you. And I I think Pittsburgh wins, but I like Philly. Philly's a, um, Philly's a home, I do think Pittsburgh wins. I mean, Atlanta's a home dog. Yeah. I like Dallas to keep on rolling. I mean, Kellen Moore is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Uh, I kind of like the Raiders plus seven. I, I What's the Niners think, line? Uh, the Cincinnati. Two and a half? Yeah, Niners getting two last time I saw. Okay. The other game that I like is... I just think the best game on the surface, like I, at point spread, I, I I think it's a very hard game to pick. But just Minnesota at Green Bay, and we've talked about this earlier in the week, whoever wins that game is going to be 2-0 and and feeling pretty good about themselves, right? Because if Green Bay mm-hmm. wins, they're like, fuck, we just beat the Bears and we beat Minnesota. We're 2-0 and in the division. We got this new coach. We're, we're in great shape. And if Minnesota wins, it's like muscle flex. We're back, motherfuckers. Get ready. Must win for the Bears, John? Uh, yeah. Because is there a chance that Denver's just not good? Like they're just you mm-hmm. just look at their team like eh, they're just not a good team. Yeah. To me, Chicago starts zero two. If Chicago starts zero two, and then someone in their division is just gonna be two and zero, it's just the way the schedule set up. 
Is Chicago already kind of out of the playoff mix? Like, it's going to be difficult with their quarterback. I, well, I, I yeah, think I mean, borderline I, must win, given that. I think. Tough place to play, though. I, I think one of the big questions of the, uh, just like the first month of the season with the NFC, is how many do we feel good about one wild card team or two? You know? Like, right now, depending on what happens in Atlanta, you'd say wild card's not coming from the NFC South. You'd think one of them's coming from the NFC East. Well, don't you I feel know, like that's a lock? About, those two teams are going to the playoffs. Yeah. So the question is: Is the second team coming from the north or the west? I would lean Seattle. Oh, you'd you'd lean Minnesota or Green Bay. One of the two doesn't make the playoffs. Yeah, I would lean Philly, Dallas, both being like twelve, thirteen. Be one of those years where. You probably got to win 13 games to get the one seed or two seed or whatever it turns out to be, you and the Saints. And then the second team is the five seed, but it's like, oh, my God, it's a hell of a five seed, right? Where the five seed is probably the heavy favorites against. I guess they went, you know, just the way it plays out, could be playing like the Rams in week one. But you're like, if you're the yeah. Rams, you don't want a wild card that week, wild card weekend. You'd right. be like, I kind of like Dallas at the Rams. Like, that's a tough matchup for Dallas or Dallas. Or, excuse me, the Rams hosting Philly, you know? Like, uh, yeah. It's going to be a tough game for old Jared. You know, Sneaky, check out Jared's box scores the last two games. He, I think he threw for under 200 yards against Carolina. He obviously wasn't good in the Super Bowl. Like, he hasn't really been playing great. Now, I get the Super Bowl's a long time ago, but, like, he's got a bunch of momentum of high-level play going. I'm, a, I'm not concerned, but I just – I heard someone talking about it, basically saying, like, you know – McVeigh, you gotta you gotta throw some other pitches. They, I mean, they love the outside zone run, and they love mm-hmm. like the, their go to routes are all these in breaking crossers and just like not the the in route that's basically just the out route, but it points in. Like that's their go to route. That's why Jared Goff does most of his work over the middle of the field to Jared, to Brandon Cooks, to Cooper Cup, to Robert Woods. Like you gotta have some other pitches, and that's what I'm excited to see if McVeigh has them. Now he's their team's good, so they can just win games even if you do slow Jared Goff down. But I think as they play better teams, like I kind of like the Saints this weekend, guy. I just I when I watch the Saints and I watch the Rams, I feel the Saints are the better team. That's a, that's a pretty good afternoon game. It is. <laughs> that's provided you know if you get to watch it. Would you say that's the game of the weekend, just on paper for Sunday? Yeah, it's the game you wish was Sunday night. Honestly, that's the game that those two guys are doing right. You'd imagine Fox afternoon game, but uh, it, 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 yeah, Buck yes, it is. They, they promoted it last night. Yeah. I mean, do those guys get a big pay bump? If I'm those guys, I mean, that's a lot of extra work, isn't it? Yeah. But like you said, I mean, I, I'm watching it. That's probably one of the worst games on paper last night. And from a broadcaster standpoint, it's still, I mean, it's still Cam Newton, Jameis Winston, Bruce Arians, Ron Rivera, Throwing to like Mike Evans and Christian McCaffrey. I mean, there's still a lot of star players, right? Right. Who made the tackle? Oh, Luke Keekley, you know? Oh, who's that guy causing trouble for the Panthers? Oh, that's Gerald McCoy, who the the Buccaneers still. It's not, it's not as difficult. Like, what you do, guy, is more difficult. It just is. More players, more unknowns. Well, I, was, I was texting Papa during the preseason, like, because I was doing a college football game one of the, the, the last week of the preseason. I'm like, Greg, I have. 37 defenders on my board like or something crazy like that and i i just said i that's how it, he was like well that's how it is for me right now i'm like yeah right now wait till week one there's gonna be four receivers 
Like, yeah, now you've got 12 receivers for the fourth preseason game. Week one, there's four guys that catch the football. Well, well if you think about maybe. it, if you're calling an NFL game and you're, the defense is out there, you have to worry about the 11 starters, and then there are what, like four or five rotational players? Like the couple defense You know, you know who all the special teams guys are. Yeah. There's no double numbers. Yeah, it's, it's not a challenge. Like, oh, who's their punt returner? Oh, that's Patrick Peterson, you know? Oh, that's Christian McCaffrey, kick it, uh, the kickoff returner? Even the kickers are kind of famous. Oh, who just hit that field goal? I don't Justin Tucker? McManus? That, uh, what's his name who was like the Niners team MVP? The punt- Andy Lee is like a team captain for the Cardinals. He's like one of their five captains. I didn't know that, no. <laughs> but see, but even like... If Andy Lee's in the game, you've just heard the vernacular of these names, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just you feel it. Yeah, just th- right. those guys have it easy, guy. I know. One day you'll be you'll be complaining about like, God, you know, I had to watch these preseason tape of McCaffrey to see how he looked or whenever when you're calling NFL games. Because <laughs> you just complain about whatever you're doing, right? Correct. That's exactly right. Like there was no doubt. Like Aikman's like, yeah, you know, they gave me an extra two million dollars a year, but this. Uh, the extra travel is kind of a pain in the ass. All right, Milkoff, enjoy. Like, you got a wide open Friday. Adios, my man. Adios. Go get on the DraftKings, everybody. Yeah, DraftKings, we got to tweet it out. See ya. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medella is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste because you know the bigger the fight better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.